0: vulnerability, that's what makes us strong. That is from Jay Glazer, our guest today. He wrote this incredible book called Unbreakable, how I turned my depression and anxiety into motivation. And you can too. Uh, I cannot tell you, Heal Squad, how much I enjoyed this book. Jay um, and I have known each other for a long time, just kind of in and around the business. Um, I've even worked out at his gym, Uh, a couple of times with some friends. I didn't realize he was as close to Michael Strahan as he is until I read the book. Um, And The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson wrote the foreword to the book. Um, But we are going to be chatting with him today about how he turned his depression and anxiety into motivation and how we can too. And I will say for anybody out there who is listening to this and is in their earlier years of life, the Kelsey's and the Pooja's of the world who want to go make it in life and think, Oh my God, I worked for six months. I should be CEO and I should be making $200,000 and all of that stuff that, you know, some of the younger generation just thinks is supposed to happen. Like poof, it's just supposed to happen without the hard work. Read this book. Every mother and father should give this book to their children at the ripe age of perhaps 14 before they start getting crazy delusional about, like, how easy it is to make it in life. (laughs) Because he really shares the grind, the, like, unrelentless, like—or the relentless pursuit of his dream, the the perseverance, the fight— working for free, hustling to make nothing, living like hand to mouth, it was it was so riveting to read his journey I couldn't even, ble- and I, and I, I was getting tired and I'm writing notes and they're like, whoa, holy shit. Oh my God, I'm exhausted. Uh, that was uh, me too. Right? <laughs> like, wow. Literally. <laughs> you, you don't think it's going to happen again. And then it's like, here we go again. Right? Yeah. Or you think it's going to happen for him and then shit, it doesn't happen again. Or he gets like kicked in the gut again. And you're like, oh my Lord, is this guy ever going to make it? Come on uh kevin <laughs>
1: sorry guys
0: <laughs> all we heard was come on and i know you were talking to one of the dogs no
1: i'm t- no i have um no it's sean waltman xbox little baby doggy here
0: yeah okay i knew it was one of the dogs me, <laughs> Give me give me a time
1: no and i think i think there's so many lessons <laughs> in what J- no kevin because i love his story and i love him i love him as a fan as a you know get some audio so you guys can there see little go. Go. lula little lula,
0: um, little lula
1: is so lost without her daddy
2: oh
1: um yeah and it's hard because she's blind and she's deaf and her she has a whoever had her before broke her jaw so anyway she's a lot but yes girl. i'm super excited for this interview because i love jay's work but i didn't know about his journey honey i didn't know about the grind i know crazy right
0: honey I mean, Kelsey and I were, like, texting back and forth, I cannot believe this. And I i was, like, I, I DM'd him, and I was, like, starting to cry just telling him how much it moved me. Because, listen, I made it very quickly and very young. And so I had a very different journey. For me, I was you know, building blocks along the way from the time I was 13 because I knew what I wanted to do and I knew where I wanted to go. And I got serious from that second. Everything was about how I could figure this path out, which made no sense to a Greek girl from two immigrant parents who were janitors. How the heck am I going to do this? But to see the grind and the the work he put in and um, the fight is is really inspiring, and like I said, I think it's so important for people to read it and see just what it takes or what it can take. Listen, some people are going to have a different kind of journey, right? My journey had other tough things that I had to deal with, um, you know, leading up to making it, and then, of course, after making it. We're all going to have our stuff, but I was just so blown away. So I think without further ado, let's get the man in here. And, uh, and we'll chat to Jay. Well, actually, let me intro him. Officially, Jay Glazer is a television personality, sports reporter, author, actor, and veteran advocate, and founder of Merging Vets and Players. He's a top NFL insider on Fox NFL Sunday and an MMA coach. In his new book, Unbreakable, Jay offers honest advice and insight that he's gained from his fight with anxiety and depression. The result is a relentless, unapologetic, and no-nonsense approach to overcoming your self-doubts fears and excuses so excited to learn from you today mr glazer very 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 impressed with this book and blown away by your journey
3: thank you so much i appreciate that it's um yeah look i've I've had a lot of scars and i'm proud of my scars and i don't really talk about my successes as much like not all of us have successes but we all got scars so and i'm proud of my scars damn right i'm proud of them they make me different and different is good different is you know really what leads us to success so I, I really appreciate. Uh, you know, one one of the things that you know helps me more than anything is being of service. And by you allowing me to do this to uh, kind of help people connect and know that they're not alone is a way for, for me to be of service, which gets me to see a little blue. So thank you.
0: Well, you know, we were DMing back and forth. I started tearing. I was like, oh my god, he's going to think I'm a weirdo. Yeah. I'm like crying because oh. I was so moved by you. by your journey. And everything that you shared. But like I said, I felt like this book wasn't just, oh, I can get a book deal and I have a good story to tell, and of course I have stuff to share. It was like, I said it was like from a place of must. And that's I think why I was so moved. Listen, I read like five books a week, probably. (laughs) Like there's so many books I'm I'm going through, and I, I love a lot of them, of course, but this one just kind of really hit me because of many things. So one Obviously, it's a topic, depression, anxiety is something that we're suffering from at like epic proportions now. And this is something you've been talking about for a very long time before many people were even mentioning the words mental health or whatever. But then on top of it, I just think that this book, as I said at the very beginning of this, every parent should give their maybe 14 or 15 year old this book to show them what it takes to make it especially nowadays where you know we are definitely dealing with a different generation who thinks it's supposed to happen right away and you know I've been here for 3 months and I've been working my 9 to 5 hours every day I should be CEO by now that's kind of a joke but you know what I'm saying there's a <laughs> there's a different expectation um and when you see what you had to go through and how much you had to suffer through and fight through and do for free and everything. It was very inspiring. And I just, um, I really appreciate it. I think, um, you know, when you say different leads to success, I think that's so interesting and I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit.
3: Well, look, you're talking about, I've seen both sides of it because people go, how can you have depression and and anxiety? You're rich and you got fame. And listen, I know my life is great. I understand that. But between my ears, sucks. Oof. And my wallet is not an antidepressant. You know, that, it, and the, the interesting thing, Maria, is, like, I've only known life in the gray. That's earliest childhood memory.
0: So explain that to people, because I never really heard that term until this book, yeah. Living Life in the Gray.
3: I dubbed it that, and somebody asked me the other day, when did you name it that? I said, I don't know. I've been hitting the head too many times to remember it. But I, I started calling it the gray I don't know, just a couple of years ago. I I don't know. Um, Maybe with the book. I'm not sure when I dubbed it that. But the gray for me is depression and it's screwed up twin sister anxiety. And it's, I I don't have any memories of not having that. And, And it's to this day. I wake up every day in the gray and it sucks and it's exhausting. And when I'm having really bad days like that, I physically feel it. I feel it behind have my rib cage the left side of my gut. You hear things about hey, go with your gut. You feel it in your gut, you feel it in my gut. My joints ache. It's a visceral physical reaction for me. Um so I really I looked at this and like again, I'm I'm proud of my scars, whether they're scars I got from actual fighting or whether they're the 10 years that I was making nine grand a year, just busting my. You know, one-off.
0: 10 crazy. years. Listen to this, everyone. 10 years making how much?
3: 9750 bucks a year.
0: And how did you make ends meet? About two?
3: 90 hours a week. Because here's the thing, too. When I started coming to Giants and... By the
0: way, he's not 105 either. <laughs> <laughs> you hear those numbers and they're associated with like, like a whole other generation, like 20 generations. Yeah, no. getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you.
3: It was, um, when I walked in that giant locker room, it was so four years into my career, I finally got a a job, but it was for $0. It was for uh, a company that was going out of business. But I was like, I don't care. I just want my foot in the door. And I walked in that giant locker room and I said, all right, I don't have the same education as everybody else. I don't have any experience. But I will be different than everybody else. I will. Out, I will outwork these people. Not by a little, by a lot. They work forty hours a week. I'm going to work ninety. So I couldn't get another job to pay my bills at the same time. I was going to outwork them to this. And I said I would be the last dude standing in here. So you know, whoever said quitting is not an option, whoever made that up, is a moron. <laughs> because that's the easiest option in the world. It sits on your shoulder every day. I walk in that giant locker and I said, How could I be different? One. I'm going to outwork them by, not a little, by a lot. But two, I'm going to build relationships. Back then, you weren't supposed to have relationships. And with that, Back then, meaning both, what years? This is 93 was when I started coming the Giants. Got it.
0: Because I, I did... It's funny. I did the same thing, but in entertainment. So we right. have various, a lot of similarities, which is funny. Um, but uh, continue, continue. So, 98-
3: and you'll see, like, one of the things... I talk about to get me through the gray is, is having a team. Mm-hmm. Well, this was, even though I wasn't part of the giants, these became my teammates to walk me through the gray. And look, I'm not, I'm not covering the Middle East, I'm not covering world politics. We're sports.
0: That's what I okay. used to say. Yeah.
3: Yes, that's it. Okay. We're supposed to give you relief for the gray and you know, <laughs> we're escapism. So well, everybody else I felt was using their pen as a weapon. I'm like, I'm gonna start relationships, right? And as you build those relationships, then the scoops come. More scoops will come for these relationships. And now everything in sports reporting is about relationships. But I was one of the first to do it that way. And I got killed for it for a while. That's okay. Um,
0: but you also had the courage to be who you wanted to be and who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is scary when there's no path like that. So you forged a new path that now yep. other people follow.
3: Well, I'm willing to be different. Mm-hmm. right? I tell our vets all the time, I'm a charity, MVP, emerging vets and players, Um, and you know, they go overseas and they do great things and they come back over here and they're like, Oh, I'm different. I'm like, no, you're different. Different is good. Different leads to success. Don't be a face in the crowd. Screw that. Like be the damn crowd, right? You are different. So I've always thought that about myself. Yep. I'm going to be different. I'm going to point out what makes me different about everybody else, whether they like it or not. Eventually they'll learn to respect it and appreciate it. And yeah, listen, when you have, um, such bad self-worth in yourself like I do. Um try not to try not to get old, you know. I do I sometimes I'll just you see me get emotional here, like these are not the, the muscles aren't true strength. The vulnerability here is strength. Like no one's questioning my manhood. So I can cry to you right here. I'm I'm okay with it. Um when Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell punch you in your head for 15, 20 years, I cry in the drop of a dime. Um when you have it is in this way where you don't have to like or love that person uh, for the inside out i use that as motivation to try and make dreams come true to try to get love from the outside in and build myself up and the reason why i um, get emotional is sometimes i will talk about this and i'll kind of look at little me and be like man i just want to give you a hug like you're not bad but i don't that's not what the roommates in my head tell me Mm. they don't play nicely with each other. When I have a team, they play a little bit nicer together.
0: Wow. I, um, I wonder with little J because I know like Tony Robbins, I don't know if you've ever done one of his seminars, but, Tony, yeah, Tony does that Dickens process where he he takes you through this whole journey, and at the end, you find yourself your like little self, and it's like, what would you be like that to that little self? Yeah. And you like That's wrap I do that. Up.
3: I talked to him, and I go, so look, I have therapists for years. I started getting taking therapy when I was like four. So, like I've always known there was something. Which, by the way, my parents who took me to therapy, and yeah, maybe you guys were screwed up once too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just what. So, but I, I mess with them about it. Um, but yeah, one of the things I do now—it's funny that you said that—is I. My real name is Jason, so I will talk to little Jason and be like, "Hey, man, um, you think maybe you can hold your head up a, a little bit higher if you knew you'd grow up, you'd train a thousand football players in MMA, and." he kind of looks at me like, huh? I said, would you be able to hold your head up a little bit higher if you know you're going to save veterans' lives? Would you be able to hold your head up higher if you know you could save other people from their depression, anxiety? (laughs) Would you be able to hold your head up a little higher that you'd end up being in a television hall of fame on the greatest sports show in the history of life? And he looks back at me and says, do we really do that? <laughs> see you get me again, Maria.
0: <laughs> You're getting yeah. me. Because I yeah. have to talk to myself sometimes
3: too. We do. So I have this conversation yeah, with little Jason um a lot to because I I'm, I s I'm I have to heal him. I gotta grieve him and heal him and help him back there. So again, y'all see me crying out here. No one's question my manhood. I, I want people to be able to do this. This is the stuff I've held in for years. So I have suffered in silence. If I could have these conversations 20 years ago, it would have changed my life. 30 years ago, five years ago, it would have changed me. So I want everybody out there, like I wrote the book, so people can have these conversations. So people, whether it's my level of gray, which is clinical, or your level where, man, you're comparing yourself to everybody else's filtered fraction of a second right now on Instagram, and think your life suck when it doesn't. It's going to help you. I'm hoping this book can help you either for yourself to love yourself from the inside out more or understand your son or your daughter, who it's a scarier world for them now, um, or your husband and wife. I want you to talk about it with people because the more you can open up, you look at you and I connecting right now on this, the more I could do this, connect with people, the more the gray is like, damn, no, shoot, I'm losing this fight. Right. And that's how we're going to beat them.
0: Yeah. When you say, you don't have a lot of self-worth. You got, you
3: got, you got me all emotional today. <laughs> <Come on. laughs>
0: I'm sure it's not the end of it either. Cause it's just, <laughs> it just is. It's one of those things. I, yeah. When you say you don't have self-worth, but at the same time you start with I'm rich, I'm successful. I have the, you know, an amazing life. How did you get from?
3: Oh, I don't start with, I'm rich and successful. I say what people say to you, how can you have depression if you're rich yeah. and successful? Okay. No, I so i am heard about the scars.
0: So here's my thing. When you don't have self-worth, how do you build that? Because for you to become successful like you are, you had to be able to ask for things, right? Ask for a certain salary, ask for, you know, a raise, all these things. So how did you navigate those waters and have you gotten good at it or are you just still
3: struggling? What's motivated me is because I've always hoped because, yeah, when I lay down, when I lay my head on my pillow at night, those 15 minutes are terrible. because I'm laying there with somebody that I don't know how to like or love. And I just, I beat up myself a lot. Um, that's hard, that's really, really, really hard. So I it motivates me to do these great things so I can see them and go, maybe I'm not so bad or wow. So look, if I didn't have depression and anxiety, I would not be as successful as I am. That's why I'd, you know, say, it can motivate you. It's motivated me to go do these great things um, because I've always been looking for outside love. When it's I'm evidence. For, yeah, yeah, evidence. But, um, and like, again, it doesn't make sense because I know, I see it, how great my life is. I just don't have the skills yet to feel it here here and to believe it myself. And what I'm hoping by this book is... I'm able to help so many people out that I'll be able to lay my head on my pillow at night and uh, and have a little bit more peace and and know what know what that's like from here and um so and and if it's not this I'm going to find something else like I won't stop I'll keep going and keep going and keep going until I find it because I deserve to feel love from the inside mm-hmm. out I deserve that
0: where does it all come from do you think
3: I don't know because it's, it's my earliest childhood memory. I really don't know. I have no idea, and I don't know if it's you know childhood trauma or clinical or whatever. like born with it. no idea. I just know that it needs a voice, right? We all talk about mental health, but nobody describes it. So I'm able to describe it. I'm able to give it a you know a, a description so people can go, that's what I feel and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to say it. and that's the responses on social media have been incredible lately. With that, like, yes, now, and then now they don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. So, even when I have all these great things, a lot of times I feel isolated and alone, even when I have these great teams around me, if you will.
0: What's up, Hill Squad? You guys know how hard we work here every day to bring you this show, and we are so excited to announce our newest partner, Macy's. I used to work for Macy's for years, by the way, as a fragrance spritzer, shopped there my whole life and still do. And if you've been listening lately, you know my word for the new year is active. But when I looked at my gear, it did not make me want to move. So I'm revamping my athletic wardrobe at Macy's.com backslash better together. It was all old uninspiring stuff and now i'm adding a few new pieces and i'm giddy to get active so they've got so many great brands to choose from but here's my favorite part i'm curating a special list for you and me just go to macy's.com backslash better together and check out what i've handpicked in athletic wear and other items that i'm excited about because they have everything you need not just for a wardrobe refresh but for every life category so trust me it's all cool stuff that you need to get better and be better from desktop, smartphone sanitizer cases to cozy winter PJs and more. P.S. I'll be adding to it constantly and I hope it will help you with any ideas for you and your home or even just gifts. Kev's Valentine's Day present is in there, so shh, don't tell him. Help support the show by using our link macy's.com backslash better together if you're going to make any purchases with Macy's. It helps us so much in keeping the lights on, as you know. Thank you as always for your support, friends. We love you. And we're grateful for Macy's that they saw our authentic connection and came on board. We are better together. It's So interesting. Cause I, I, I connect in so many ways and I think I'm starting to see so many things that make a little bit more sense to me too, oh. where you just like don't feel settled. Like you're just like, it's like, wait, how come I can't be happy? Like all these other people, right? Like I'm happy in my moments, but then I can have those kind of just very lonely times where you think it's you're totally alone, but it doesn't make sense because you aren't
3: right. We're not. And look, like I said before, like we are, we all feel left out. We're comparing the most successful people. We compare ourselves to everybody else. There's like I said, filtered fraction of a second. And it gives us reaction like, Oh, my life sucks. How come I'm not there? How come I'm not doing more? How come I'm not doing this? We got to learn how to exhale. Mm. We got to learn this stuff. We have to learn. And like I, look, I moved out of Scottsdale from LA because I don't want to be working my ass off till I'm 90 years old and then I die. And, you know, like our, our parents would and our grandparents, that's what they would do. And I, I made the decision to come out here to learn how to exhale to start and try to learn how to enjoy what I've built up but it's hard for us because we're we're so competitive but we're so on the go mm-hmm. we always got to be taught hey it's okay to exhale it's okay hey we've got enough but it's you know and i think a lot of it too when we do make it here's the other big thing we just had this conversation last night during the games um
0: oh we have to talk about it i can't
3: <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> I was having this conversation with the coach somebody else where when i was broker than broke when i was making 9700 bucks Man, so the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is not making a million bucks. The pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is the journey itself. I never knew I'd work with Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw, Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Menophe and Michael Strahan. like, are you kidding me? I never knew I was going to be in a comedy with the rock. you got to be kidding me. The pot of gold at the, end of the, at the end of the rainbow is the actual journey. When we get there, our anxiety goes through the ceiling because we're so horrified we're going to lose it and we can't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Like I know all my friends that are successful have the same fear. It's going to be gone tomorrow. So when we didn't have anything to lose, it was almost more comfortable for us than where we are now. Like, oh my God, I'm going to go back to making 9,700 bucks.
0: Yeah. Well, the climb is, whether you like it or not, the climb is the exciting part because what I see having gone through my journey too, you're like, every little nugget you get, you're like, oh my God, I'm almost there. And you get another nugget. You're like, Oh, things are happening. Oh my God. This is exciting. It might happen. And then you keep doing that. And you keep doing that. It's so exciting. And then you get there and that's exactly where you're saying now it's like, Oh "Oh my God, who's going to get me now? Who's going to, who's going to take me down? How's this, how -hmm. do I keep it? And then you're right. That's what happens.
3: And that's that's a form of gray. So again, that's not even clinical, but that's, that's a form of the gray. That's that anxiety that people are going to try and take it from us. And we're looking, Misery loves company. So that's where one of the things I'm trying to, in this movement, I'm trying to start getting people to stop like, hey, you're in your own pain. So you're tweeting the most heinous things to people because you want someone to come down because you want them to share in your pain, which is not how we should act. Like, I do believe that this world is is actually a good place. Like we are good, we can be good people. We have it in us. So, you know, but again, when, you know, look, I'm talking about the rigors of social media. When you and I were growing up and like your friend or you got bullied in the the schoolyard, that sucked for a week, right? It was bad. Well, we now see it every second, a thousand times a second on Twitter. Mm -hmm. The way people talk to each other and whether it's you or somebody else, it still hurts us. It's still bothering. I'm an empath. So I feel for everybody, no matter what. And it's changing our brains to just be nasty to each other. And the human condition is not meant for that. It's just not meant for it. So I think a lot of that anxiety too is, yeah, we now know everybody's going to try and bring us down because they're miserable with their own lives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the misery is from what we see from this damn thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And the misery, by the way, for, I always say is just the mirror because they don't want to work as hard as you to get there.
3: Hey, exactly right. Hey, you, I put in the book, the blueprint for greatness, it's easy. Find out who the best is and do more than that. Mm-hmm. That's it. You want to be great, find out who the best is, And do more than that. I can't tell you how many times I've said to a football player, the same thing. I'm like, so we're into, this is what Tom Brady does. This is what I want you to do. Well, I can't do that. That's That guy works. You know, see how hard that guy works. I'm like, are you complaining about your dreams not coming true? Yep. Right. Find out who the best is. And you're in our gym and unbreakable in, in, in LA. There are a lot of great people in there. Okay. Find out. You want to beat that guy out. See what he does and do one more rep than him. Five more reps, 10 more, whatever it is. That's the blueprint to greatness it's just out working the world and it's the hours that nobody sees you putting in mm-hmm. like that's what leads to greatness 100%. It.
0: a hundred percent work when
3: no one's it's the work when no one's watching
0: yep exactly um
3: and you've done that
0: uh, yeah yeah i definitely have
3: but it's um, exhausting, like people have to understand. Oh yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah, you can burn like out quick. Trying, oh man, it's absolutely exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's more exhausting now with everybody trying to pull you down.
0: hmm Yep. So, Jay, will you talk about medication? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Uh I think I've tried 36 of them. What there's is it? I think I've tried about 36 antidepressants, uh, and anti-anxiety meds. And there's a lot of us who are anti who are resistant or like, it just doesn't work on us. Um, But I'm still willing to try, like this is, for anybody, out. I have a lot of friends who are on meds and it works, I'm like, damn, I wish I could feel that. So no matter what, I have to do the work for the inside out. Mm -hmm. If one day I could find something that works for me, then great, it's double the pleasure, right? So for everybody out there who their meds are working for them, like I'm not a doctor, I'm not telling you what to take, what not to take. Um, You find something that works, it's fantastic and then use what I'm trying to teach you also in the book to help lift you up even more. It's, it's phenomenal. I have not found any that have worked. I do, I do um, these other treatments, these IV treatments and stuff, which is, I want to get into, because I want to um, tell people what to do on the medical side, if you will. Right. Cause I'm not a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, have but, you
0: found something that's helping you though?
3: I found something that's helped you. Yeah, these, these IV treatments that I get are, um they've 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 helped in, in a way and um certain things i've i've found certain therapists that have helped but the meds for me haven't worked um none of them worked unfortunately but i'm willing to every time something else new comes out mm-hmm. I'm good. Like, I'm like, I won't stop until I can find this happiness.
0: What about like CBD, marijuana, anything like that? Fucking weed.
3: If there's anybody who needs to be good at weed, it's me. <laughs> and I train with freaking Wiz Khalifa every day. And I'm like, he's like, and we're like, you know, and it just doesn't work for me. Um, some CBD has, um, yeah, there's, and again, I'm willing to, try, and here's the other thing too, because I work with all these vets. I'm willing to try anything because I know I can pull myself out of the hole. So I'll, I'll try the next latest greatest. I'm good. I'll try anything, and some of them have sent me down a really that dark rabbit hole that I've got to pull myself out of. But I don't want to tell our vets, "Hey, I, this is good. This works." If you know, I, I, if it hasn't worked for me, yeah, because so really everybody's
0: body chemistry is different, and everyone has different reactions to drugs. Like my husband can't take anything; it like negatively affects him. Everything yeah, does. I get manic from
3: it. I get really manic from depressions and anti anxiety meds. The thing that I was I got uh hooked on for a while was Vicodin mm. because it's painkiller and it kills pain in always but then it sent me uh me alcohol, Vicodin, and these are not good. And it made me a raging, raging a-hole. So um but I you know I got on them early when I was fighting and we didn't know it's like the 90s. And like we play a game of pain. There you go, painkiller. Sounds good. So actually, for 10 years, when I would train our fighters and football players, I would take two Narcos and four espresso shots every morning to train these guys. I felt fantastic. Wow. Until I didn't. Yeah. Until I didn't later. So you go up what here. comes up must Those valleys are horrifically brutal and nasty. And I'm nasty to other people. And I push people away. And it's just not good. So again, it's masking it. I don't want to mask it. I want to, I want to heal it. Yeah. How do you
0: it. navigate this with your professional situations, right? Mental health has such a stigma. Yeah. Um, people can't get insurance if they were in a hospital for any mental health. I have a friend that I, I yeah. brought to a hospital. I was afraid he was suicidal and now we can't get insurance because of it. Seriously. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was a life insurance policy. And he was denied because of one night in a hospital when a friend took him thinking this might be a problem. I was terrified. And so
3: you're a good friend, by the way.
0: Thanks. Um, that's a hard decision,
3: that's a hard decision oh, to make. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, not easy. They're gonna. a lot of times they get mad at you. Like, oh no, yeah. Man. Yeah. So that's, that's really brave of you. I'm proud of you. you.
0: Thanks. Well, I wonder when you work for a massive company like Fox, I would think that I, I mean, I would be afraid to show vulnerability like you are because, you know, maybe they'll think that you can't handle something or whatever. I mean, you guys are all bros. So I think you're like protected because you have your team, but how do you walk that? All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? Way seriously is some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the icom and enter the promo code heal squad for 15% off any product. That's the com. promo code heal squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Heal squad, you know the best thing ever. A good night's sleep. I can't believe I didn't know about Sleep Number sooner. It's definitely changed my sleep quality and my life. Quality sleep is more important than ever as we conquer this new year. So if you're like me and you hate mattress shopping, I used to always go home unhappy not anymore. Sleep number makes it so easy. You take a quiz online, then you go into the store and they use a high-tech mattress to discover your pressure points. It's an incredible process, guys. Then, they take your sleep number, mine's 25, you lay on one or two beds that the quiz chose for you, and boom, you're done. And their beds are even more high-tech and mind-blowing than I have time to tell you right now, but just wait till you try it. My bed also is temperature balancing and has a foot heater, which is perfect for these cooler months. Trust me, do not go anywhere else ever for a mattress. Discover special Special offers right now for a limited time at your local sleep number store or sleep com backslash better. Sleep number proven quality sleep is life changing sleep.
3: Yeah. Um, again, having a team is one of the things that helps me the most. That's why I wrote the books, why I opened Unbreakable, That's why I started a charity. So I have these teams. It's one of the three things that really helps me a lot. Um, and I've, look, they've always kind of been like, Glazer's crazy. Well, in football and fighting, that's a badge of honor. Mm. What they didn't know is that Glazer's in a lot of pain. So now, listen, this whole thing came about, um, like, I didn't mean to write a, a book about this. I, I wrote something about this because I help all our vets and our, our ex-players, and I'm so open with them. Somebody asked me about it in an interview one time, I, and I talked about it, I wrote about it, about my own struggles with depression anxiety. I'm just open, like, I, I'm... I don't, I'm, again, I, vulnerability is, I'm good with it. So I wrote about it and the response was like, oh my God, you two, you, if he had meets Oma and because I'm a doodly dude, helps that helps out also.
0: Yeah. And right? you're very jovial and fun. i never would have ever known. Yes.
3: But a lot of that is a mask and a lot of it laughter. Also for me, like the gray hates laughter. So I'm always playing jokes and I'm always trying to laugh <laughs> because I see the blue. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's how we got my mom got through my mom's cancer <laughs> journey. I'm like, if anybody knew the shit I would say to get a laugh in front of my mom or my dad.
3: Yeah. yeah. And um, so at Fox, when I would have my manic meltdowns, which I, I would a lot, Howie Long and Kurt Menefee, man, Howie Long would say, cause Howie's crazy. Just, I mean, he's the biggest, baddest Raider of all time. He, but Howie figured out a way to keep the monster in the box. Right, but he understands me, and I've trained Kyle and Chris. He really understands me. Like I wrestled with Kyle Long, and Chris Long. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a moron, and you know I'm tiny. These guys are monsters. And Howie's been like, hey, can you train them? So Howie, at times, there's one day in particular. I took an anti-anxiety med, I got prescribed, and oh my God, was I off the reservation? And I, I, just, I was trying it. And I went in that next day, and the sky was falling, and everybody hated me. Everybody's against me. The world's against me. And Howie's like, hey, 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 hey. Kind of grabs me. Hey, you're okay. If I'm cry again. <laughs> this is Howie Long. Wow. You're okay. You're okay. The sky's not falling. We love yeah. you. You're okay. Right? Uh, Kurt Menefee, when he sees it, we'll go in our, our dressing room and he'll sit and just let me vent and talk and he gets me through it, you know, but... um then when I started open up about it, I was proud. Fox actually, uh, Fox Sports came this year and they said, "Hey, we want to have a company wide thing. Would you speak to the whole company on it?" And I opened up. So, yeah, I got their support. What what they didn't know, um, is, the number of uh, anxiety attacks that I've had on on air, um, which they won't know until. They see this or they read the book. I've hid that from them because I don't want to take down their day. So I have to deal with it. So every single time I've been on TV, and and here's the the wild part. Like I'm great in chaos. I suck in calm. I'm great in chaos. A lot of times I'll cause chaos and it doesn't need to be caused just because I I suck in the calm. And and that's not great. What does great in chaos mean? That means when I'm in a cage and people throw shots at me. I'm great. Chuck Liddell's throwing head kicks at me. I'm fine. 9 um, 11, I ran down to it looking for my friends around to the towers. Like, I'm great in chaos. Uh, on TV, it's great. Um, it's that calm that's a little, I have a hard time with. And roommates in my head talk too much. Um, but starting in 2005, I was, man, it was, it was the craziest thing. I was in. An empty Raiders Stadium, doing a hit for Fox, and um, and I just had this my first ever panic anxiety attack. When you have an anxiety attack, you feel like you're about to die. When you yeah. feel like you're going to pass out, your heart starts racing, you start sweating, your eyes go back and forth, and your, your head starts sweating. And you, don't oh you, you don't know where you are. You don't know where you are. You start start hyperventilating, mm-hmm. and I have had a result. I've had I've had one every single time I've been on television, not here or there every time from 2005 until I wrote the book. And I didn't realize it, like, I didn't, I haven't, I had one this year, it was actually this past week when we got off the air and we were just having a meeting and I, man, and Kurt Menefee saw, I opened my shoes, like, oh my God, like I was stretched and I opened my suit up and I told him and I told Howie, um, but every time I've been on the air, including for ballers, which I can stop down whenever I want because it's scripted. But the first time, every single time I have an anxiety attack and I have to do, I have to wrestle with my abuser, I call it. Like, man, just let me calm down. So if you watch me on TV, I'll try and crack a joke early or smile or laugh about something um, to try and get through it. But if you see my hand shaking on the air, I'm actually having an anxiety attack. Wow. Yep. And and it's crazy for me because I love being out there. It's not like I'm afraid. I don't know where, but then it became a habit.
0: Well, and you're not afraid of anything. I don't think if you're running towards the buildings, (laughs) you're running towards the buildings. You're not afraid to die or you're not afraid of anything. But what I want to know is you said something very interesting. You said until I wrote the book. So does that mean that you released it and now somehow you feel better? You had some kind of cathartic experience.
3: So I didn't realize, so did you see the interview I did with Lane Johnson for the Eagles when he went off the reservation? He's a big football player, Eagles, Bowl right tackle. He left the team, and he had a mental breakdown. He left the team for a month. And, and Lane and I, I've trained Lane. i known him for a long time. Actually, he stayed in my house for three months with my son and I when I trained him, and yet he still hid it from me, and he knew I had it. And then he hit it from me. Mm. When he came back to the team, we got him right. Um, we did a sit down on Fox where he opened up. And here's the two of us, two the those doodly dudes on the planet. Lane is 6'5", 330, right? I've trained him and a thousand of these guys. And, man, I'm a little pit bull. And the two doodliest dudes are sitting there being vulnerable as could be open up. And... I said, "What works for you?" He said, "You know, journaling." For everybody out at home, journaling really helps me. And then, right there, I'm like, "Oh my god, that's what happened!" Like I journaled it, and it—I don't have it anymore. But I didn't realize it. That's why we're better
0: together, people.
3: Right? Isn't that incredible? He's literally saying this to me on the air, and I'm like, I kind of like. With, I'm trying not to be like, oh my God, yeah. but I was like in myself, I'm like, oh my God, that's what happened. Yeah. And I start talking to myself like, that's why it went away. That's, that's why they went away. I, so journaling has been good, which I didn't realize until he said it. How wild is that? Right? Well,
0: this is why I like, right? You helped him and then he ended right. up helping you. That's, well, you know, that's, that's what beautiful. a team does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said that there were three things that you do. And one of them is you build teams. Talk about the other two.
3: Uh, teams being of service. Mm. So even when I was in the book, I really, um, I write a lot about things even when I was broke that I would do to be of service to help beat the, beat the gray and see some blue. So even like, I'll give you an example. Like I, I and actually this I do to this day, I go to the 99 cent store and I would buy toothbrush, toothpaste, handy wipes, uh, a pad and pen, socks, things like that and put them in bags and give them out to the homeless. It's seven bucks, right? I was broke, but I was like, man, I was able to do this. That for me is being of service. There's been a lot of ways I've been, I've always mm-hmm. started different charities. I used to go to the post office to get letters to Santa and that uh, these kids are right. And you know, I'm Jewish, so I got nothing to do on Christmas. So I'll actually go to these kids' homes and uh, and, and- Oh my God,
0: go what up. a great idea.
3: Knock on the door. Who is it? And I'm like, is there a such and such? And it, but this is when I was in New York and I was broke and i go going the projects with my fight team. And then eventually I took Tiki Barber with me. And wow. we'd go in there and knock on the door and say, is there a, you know, somebody such and such? And who's this? Uh, did uh, eight-year-old, somebody set, uh, send a letter to Santa. Well, Santa sent us. And we would have Barbie dolls. And I would go to these stores and buy clothes. And they would oh have, my they would, God, and I want to cry. He send us things too. Like, dear Santa, I wish I could just have a uh, Pair of jeans for my brother, so without holes, so no one makes fun of him anymore. Or my mom feels, oh my, they're all, so oh my I started God. doing this, and then I started telling people, but man, those nights were great for me. And I look on these people's faces, and then everybody I was at CBS at the time, and everybody at CBS is like, Can you get some for me? So I'd start getting them, and they wouldn't show up in the projects, uh, but they would mail them to them. And we were just, there's just little things you could do to be of service. So, and and being of service too, might just be me calling you one day. Hey, I'm just checking up on you. Mm-hmm. I just want to let you know, love you and you're loved. How are you today? I'm just checking up on you. I'm, nothing else. I'm just checking up on you. Things like that are being of service.
0: See, I always advise somebody who's in a funk or not happy, like depressed, um, dealing with any kind of, substance abuse issues or i say go volunteer yes yes a million percent that always always works it always is such a great perspective builder it fills you up with so much like love and warmth and stuff so i i love that
3: and i've I've been able to like i said you don't have to be rich to do this right but i've also like i've started a bunch of foundations because my gray is so mean to me i've had to do such big things to try to offset it so I've started a foundation. So my foundation MVP was actually, I used to have another foundation called Touchdown Dreams. Take like little kids and it was like make a wish on steroids. And there's a kid named Logan Nabriga. And Logan had leukemia from when he was three to six at UCLA Children's Hospital. Um, went to remission at six, came back six and a half. And then he was in leukemia again from six and a half to 11. And I took him under my wing, I think, when he was seven. And... And look, you you never. I have a thing, and they're like, you never know what lives around next Tuesday. And don't try and figure life out. Life will drive you crazy. Well, it was Logan's grandmother, Susie, who worked with all these vets, and it was really their idea. Aj, you got all these football players who are kind of going off the reservation, and and I was learning for Let's put them all together. Let's mm. put players and, and 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 vets together, and athletes and vets, and give a new team for when the uniform comes up and coach them up. So. And you read this in the book, Logan is now cancer free. But, you know, I, I took him to a session one night, and I don't want to give away the book. But I said, Logan, I know it sucks that you have leukemia. I know it sucks. I, I mean, I, boy, do I get that. But man, if you didn't, um, we wouldn't be here like MVP wouldn't have been created. And I said, if MVP wasn't here right now, how many people wouldn't be here right now. And there was a room of 90 of us vets and athletes, and a lot of hands went up.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then they just started thanking. Oh, my God. They started thanking. all oh, man. He said, Logan, Logan, my name is, you know, we have a guy, Denver Morris, who's our first guy we ever hired. Um, we met him when he was homeless. He was a vet. This dude saved so many people. He's pulled, like nine people out of a bridge that was blown up in Iraq and saved all of them. This guy, Comes back here and he's homeless and he had three suicide attempts. He's lost 51 of his brothers to suicide. 51 teammates from one battalion, two seven. He was the first one. His hand went up he said, Hey Logan, my name is Denver Morris. I, you know, served in Iraq and Afghanistan. I lost X amount here and 52 to suicide. I myself attempted suicide three times. Um, And if it wasn't for MVP, I wouldn't be here right now. So Logan, thank you for saving my life. And then they all started going G-O, I'm crying. They all start going around the room. Mm-hmm. Whoop, and they all start telling Logan. And Logan looks at me and says, Oh my God, I did all this. I said, You did all this because you were unbreakable. You decided that leukemia is not going to beat me. It's not going to break me. I'm going to come through that other side of that tunnel. And so Logan has saved a lot of lives. I've just been the the messenger of the guy with the biggest mouth world so
0: the same message <laughs> applies to you right so here yeah. you are dealing with such you know incredible pain yeah. and what you did is you funneled it and said i am going to be greater than the pain i'm going to figure out how to be of service yeah. which is anytime you you give you get right? Anytime you, you go volunteer, we always say it's a little selfish because we feel so good. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're getting okay. the, the glow from right. all and of if that. If I didn't
3: visit Logan in, in the hospital that day, none of this would happen. Mm-hmm. I just visited the hospital. I'm like, yes. And it was for me as much as him, a million percent. And that's okay. That is not selfish.
0: Yeah. So the message okay. is God. if you are going through something, if you can get to an unbreakable place, think mm-hmm. of the the good that you can do
3: um, and it's like you gotta make sure you have enough oxygen so you can save the people next to you. Right. Mm-hmm. They say that in play, make sure you're good so you can help them out. Same thing. You got to learn. So you, whether you think it's selfish or not, you gotta learn, you got to get that own self love. So then you can go love other people up to or help other people in their journey as well.
0: Mm-hmm. What's the third thing? Laughter. <laughs> My favorite.
3: <laughs> so there, was a, there was a chapter there is the perils of being Jay Glazer's friend. Um, and I'm constantly playing practical jokes on people, constantly. Like, and I'm laughing all the time because the gray hates laughter. And you know, again, laughter gets me through my anxiety attacks. But it's it, you, you can't see anything but blue when you're laughing. Mm-hmm. Well, I laugh a lot, but I play a lot of jokes. And with people that you know, the stray hands of the world who've been like that poor bastard. I've gotten him for thirty years now, and and he's got me once. He's terrible at it. I crush him, and I taunt him on it because people are like. You're, you're, you're boasting about it. Like, he's going to get you back on it. I'm like, no, you're not going to get me back. He's not smart enough to get me back. I'm good. So I'm like, you can't glaze the glaze. No way. So I always do that. So um, but I've just abused Michael <clears throat> with years I'll take his phone and I'll text So he'll send these the the oh the worst things and he ever. has no
0: idea what it was
3: and then people come back like, really That's really really what I'm, sorry, I'm not going to repeat it here because they're really vulgar usually and I love and, it and, and, and humiliating the most humiliating things that could ever happen to somebody I have him admitting to people when it really didn't happen to him and then I erase the sent text uh, the the uh, sent text um, how Long is my muse <laughs> the one I get how I I sent a mask text message out to 300 people in the NFL coaches. I think I said one of the commissioner, uh, like, every, like, I don't care. Like I, my um, filthy laughter mindset, my locker room knows no limits. I don't care. Like I'll get anybody. And um, that's the other thing. Like I build, I build good communities with a lot of laughter. Even those hard conversations we have in MVP and in this book, look, it's a great cover, but I'm sure you laughed a lot, right? Like Mm -hmm. I have to use laughter so I can tackle the hard stuff. Oh, yeah. That allows us to tackle the hard stuff. So it's not all, oh, my God, this is so depressing. No, no, no. I could tackle the harder, deeper, darker stuff because I'm going to make you laugh along the way. Oh,
0: my God. The toilet story with Strahan. I'm like, if he doesn't kill you for putting this in the book, I don't know when he would.
3: Oh, it's nothing. No, the one that I love, the one that um, we were at uh, a place on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and man, this waiter was just being such a jagoff to us. He was just being mean. And he's one of these guys that wasn't uh, he wasn't a waiter, he was an artist, you know. So he was just being such, and I was just like, dude, this guy must be having the worst day. So I'm gonna mess with him. So Michael's like, What are you gonna do? What do you do? I got this. So I give the guy my health insurance card when the bill came. And <laughs> the guy said, yes. So you know some of the insurance card looks like credit cards, right? So I give him my health insurance card, my guy goes. I know I'm wearing all white, but I'm not a doctor, and I just deadpan like this. I don't get it. And he goes, you give me a health insurance card? I go, yeah, I know I'm covered here.
0: Stop. And, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, my God.
3: And, and Michael's like He's kicking me under the table. And, said, and I was like, I'm covered here. He goes, your car. He listen, I'm not going through this again. This is one of the restaurants that are in my network. I met my deductible back in February. Go run it again. The guy goes back. And if you say something like that, people just take it like, Okay. And he goes back and he starts running it again. And Michael's like, Oh my God. No, you watched him run it? <laughs> no. Oh, running it. And then he goes to the manager and he's holding it up. And you see the manager look at him. Look at that. Look at him. And he's like, It's a freaking health insurance card. And the guy came back. And Michael's at this time, he's like under the damn table. He just watched hot. And he goes, I said, No, I said, no, I go, I know. I know exactly. I said, But you were being such an ass to us. I feel you must be having the worst day. I, man, you need something to delight you. He goes, "Was well, I rested?" completely. It. He goes, it really was. I was having a horrible day. I said, did this change it for you? He goes, it actually did. I said, well, we all win.
0: Oh my <laughs> <Except> God. <Michael. laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. I'm a
3: demented human being when it comes to jokes. Like there is nothing.
0: Oh no. Yeah. I think I might be your twin sister because <laughs> I have been queen prankster my whole life. Um, in fact, Mr. Stray had a deal with me on his first Fox red carpet we did we co-hosted yes. together that one
3: I was, yeah we did that yeah yep,
0: yep, yep. and we were working where, out where at we, the, were we in dallas for that i think so yeah dallas super Bowl, right yeah and i was working out of the gym with him i was like oh and i totally am i'm like can i can i just try your super bowl ring on and, uh, and he goes, yeah. And then I grabbed it and I start running. I'm like, I'm throwing it <laughs> in the trash and I'm right. Run- he's chasing after me and I have it right over the barrel. Yeah. And he's like, oh don't God, do yes. it. Don't do it. I'm like, you guys ruined my football life. <laughs> and so
3: I was like so upset, yes. but, um, but he's a good, oh, yeah, laughter for me is everything. To, if, if you could bottle up two things, you could bottle up laughter and give it a pill, as a pill, be incredible antidepressant and you yeah. could bottle up working out, give it as a pill. That would be a great antidepressant. Incredible.
0: Well, so then if you think about it, if you didn't do those two things, I can only imagine how dark the gray would be.
3: And I make myself do it. And that's the thing. Somebody, I just did an appearance recently. It was pretty pretty cool. We did a speaking engagement with a mortgage lending company. And I was talking about my whole journey. And this guy raised his hand. He said, if you say your anxiety and depression are so bad, it's hard for you to get out of bed. How are you then... So relentless in your life, because also like the way I go about fighting or business or anything, I'm just relentless, mm-hmm. relentless, relentless, relentless.
0: But I that's always,
3: a habit now. You gotta now. do it. You got it. I'm relentless. And again, fighting while I'm just always coming in. And anything I go after, I'm knocking me out a billion times. I'm Rocky times a billion, right? And I just keep going, keep going, keep going until somebody goes, "Oh my God, get them off me!" Or fine, give the job or whatever. Man, we're tapping out. Is this we're, we're negotiating? Fine. Right? I am just relentless. So I said, he goes. Well, how do you live life relentlessly if you know you have this? I said, it is hard for me to get out of bed in the morning. I wake up in the morning, I don't know which version of me I'm gonna get. And I could be getting the version that the sky is falling, could be getting the version that, like, I'm single. And a lot of times I'm like, Of course, you're single because you're not worthy of it. No one's ever gonna love you. And I may be getting that version, maybe getting, I just don't know what version it is. Once I make that decision to get out of bed in the morning, I'm going to live life relentlessly. I'm going to go for it. I got out of bed. That's the only way I'm going to do it now. And I told him this. And then I said to him, because and, and, he said, I've suffered from anxiety too. And it's hard for me to get out of bed. Hard for me today. And I said, sir, have you ever told anybody this? And he said, no, he takes his glasses off. He starts calling this and he's in his seventies. He said, oh. no. And I said, well, think about what a gangster you are, because you just said this in front of all your people here, Think how courageous that is. And the whole place got up and gave him a standing ovation. Mm. It was amazing. That's what happens when you're willing to be vulnerable, right? When when you're willing to open up. And by the way, then everybody else in the room started going, I got anxiety, I got depression. It was Mm -hmm. like, hey, you get the gray, you get the gray, you get the gray. (laughs) Yeah, it always um, takes
0: somebody to be brave to kind of you know create the domino effect. I said
3: to him, have you ever told any of your teammates this? He said, never my first time, but all of a sudden you have people come over and putting their arms around them. That's pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping to do with this book and we can all put our arms around each other.
0: Oh yeah, you definitely are. Jay, talk to me about the
3: worst, worst moments. Um, <clears throat> what, what week? Like it's, yeah, there was one. Um, like, do you have man, a worst,
0: worst moment you want to share?
3: No, it's, it's literally like it's, I have probably one or two a week where it's like that. Um, the worst, worst, worst anxiety attack was the biggest moment of my life, which is we did the Super Bowl in Miami a couple years ago. And that panic attack lasted over an hour. I don't remember the first hour of our show. And I just wrestled with my abusers the whole time. And it wasn't until we got in the car for our second we, we had three sets. This was the Miami Super Bowl. It was the uh, centennial of the NFL, right? 100th anniversary. Biggest show we did in my entire life. And started 20 minutes before the, before the show. No idea why. And it lasted throughout the entire first hour. So it we went on for an hour and 20 minutes. And it wasn't until we got a car to, to drive to the stadium for the second set. The first set was on, was on South Beach. We got in the car. And me and Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Menefee. Started busting jokes and cracking each other, that it it opened up. The, the, gray, the darkness opened up. And I was able to breathe. But it was it went on for over an hour. That was, and it was like when it happens too, like you're in a cloud, you don't even know what's going on. You have no idea what's going on. So I don't remember any of it. That first hour of the biggest day of my my career, that that sucked. But like last week, I was in I was in one. Last week, and man, it usually doesn't wake me up at night, but last week it did. And, and again, my my gray is what allows me to do these great things. So uh, I would trade it for a different version of gray, I think, but my messed upness is what makes me go take three steps up into a cage with these guys. Wrestle Andrew Whitworth and Lane Johnson and Adrian Peterson or whoever, through hand fighting with Miles Garrett, like I'm good. Like, uh, can I curse on this thing or not? Yeah. Okay. I'm fucked up, mm-hmm. but I'm good with my fucked upness, right? I'm proud. I'm good. Uh, um, but what I hate is the times that man that dark it just wakes you up out of nowhere. And I and the cool thing as I've started to talk about this, a lot of these football players have started to talk to me about this also. I'm like, of course. What do you think? Like, you can't be crazy and not be like. You know, if you're great, the only way to be great is to be crazy. And for you guys to put a football helmet on and just bam, 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 a million times, the amount of work you put in, yeah, your darkness is leading you there. So honor that. You're good with that, okay? Don't feel shame in that dark. That's the other thing. I'm trying to take away the shame. And so, man, two weeks ago, it was the rare time that I couldn't get out of bed till almost four. I tried, but I was so achy. It beat me up so much. Luckily, it was a day I didn't. Now, if I had to go do stuff, I would have. Right. But it was a day, it was was a, it was a Monday or Tuesday gotten, you know, or those are my weekends during football season. And, but I needed help. So I called, I reached out to one of my teammates, who was a guy named Mark Kerr, who was the first ever UFC heavyweight champ of the world. I reached out and told him, Hey man, I need some help today. And he said, uh, the HBO did a documentary on him, which actually got me in a fighting called the smashing machine back in 2000. Now the rock, who wrote the forward of my book, actually bought his life rights for a movie because he was like the first, he was the original. And um, he's now part of my charity and our foundation, our MVP foundation. But I did what I was supposed to. I reached out to my teammate. He said, bro, I'm struggling today, I need some help. He's like, what do you need? I said, I need you to come over, I need a spar. He's like, you need me to punch you in the face. I'm like, yep, I need more CTE, yes. So he came over, he literally pulled me off the couch, got me going. And I worked, we sparred, and I felt phenomenal, right? I did what I had to do. I'm not going to, I'm never going to do this because I'm not going to put that pain on anybody else. I'm never going to take my own life. I will not do that to anybody else. And like, there's one thing that I could do, just like, no matter how bad my pain is, I don't want to put that kind of grief and pain on anybody else. And I know a lot of people think, well, nobody loves me and no one's going to care. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And the only way you would know is if you actually took your own life and then you, man, afterwards and you sit in whatever afterlife you believe in, you see the grief you left behind, guarantee you wouldn't be celebrating that. You would go, oh my God, what did I do? No, I wish I could take it back. Well, by hearing this, hopefully this is your chance to have a take back, mm-hmm. right? For those who have attempted suicide or <clears> thinking about <throat> it. Um, So I'll do what I need to to make sure I beat the gray every day. And that day was, I called him and sparred. And after that, then I was able to laugh. So I called my teammate, you know? And like I said, you call your teammate, call somebody. And you know, you and I talk about Stray a lot. So here's the the, the wildest thing about this thing. He's been my best friend since 1993,
0: okay? Drove you to the stadium every day when you didn't have money to get there on your own. Yeah, that's because
3: he had no other friends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, you know he has bad teeth, a speech impediment. Who wants to hang out with that guy? Hmm. So, I um, two months ago, I was staying at our hotel. It was the night before. It was a Friday before the show, and Stray and I were supposed to dinner. And man, the, the great woke me up in the middle of the night. And just kicked my ass. Like man, the sky was falling. It was just hard. And again, it beats me up so badly. Physically, I said, Hey, bro, I can't go to dinner tonight. So, why? I said, Man, the beast just kind of got me today. And I got out of the box and beat me. Um, So, I'm going to sit tonight out. And he said, You want me to come over? I said, No. He said, You want to talk about it? And I said, No, this part is going to blow your mind because this isn't a book because it happened after. And he said, We've been brothers for 30 years. Why have you never told me? This is the first time, <laughs> first time I ever told him. I said, I don't make up the rules of this thing. Like for whatever reason, I felt ashamed with you. He said, but I'm your best friend. I'm like, no, because you could talk to all these other people about it. I said, I know. I don't make up the rules. I said, the reason why I get emotional is because of his reaction back. If I felt comfortable enough and took that shame away, I would somebody for 30 years that could have helped me. 30 years, mm-hmm. I could have leaned on him, come over, talk about it. I wouldn't have to fake it when I went out. A lot of times i go out and be overly big. i try and hide the pain and I would get in trouble. And I'd do bad, stupid shit. I'd start fights with him. I could have talked to him for 30 years about it and I was just too ashamed. Mm. So, no more shame for me, no more. We're done, we're done with that. So that's why I do this now I'm telling everybody. So I'm not hiding from anybody because, man, there's a lot of people that can help you out there. You just don't know until you open up. That, one, that was a bad gray day. That was two months ago. Wow.
0: What a great lesson. Ask for help.
3: Damn right. Call your teammate. Ask for help. And let them know.
0: You know, you said earlier that you moved to Scottsdale yep. to try to get some some calm and some peace but they always say that you can't change the external and think it's going to change the internal. I'm curious, has that change actually helped?
3: Um, when I get messages from people that say, I was going to kill myself until I saw your post. and Now I don't feel alone. That lifts me up. Uh, when I get messages from people who say, I got one from a grandmother who's, Grandmother, she said, I've never known how to describe this to anybody. Thank you. I could finally tell my family. To grandmother, when I have these people reach out, and this happens a lot now, Jay, thank you for helping me understand my 10-year-old daughter now. <clears throat> now I can talk to her about this. So now I'm sure like this is, so what I'm hoping to do by this is I'm hoping to piece together enough streaks of blue where... It's just not always great. Like, it's day by day. But if I could piece together enough streaks of glue, um, I think my life could start now.
0: But do you feel like moving to Scottsdale is what led you to have the quiet to write this and to do oh, all no, of that? No.
3: I, I did it. Um, I moved to Scottsdale because I want to learn how to exhale. I don't want to keep being on that hamster wheel. I don't want to be that guy who's 80 years old and just dies when he's just work, 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 work. Has it worked? I'm trying to learn. How long have you been there? <laughs> Only since September.
0: Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So it's still I, an experiment.
3: Still, yeah, it's an experiment. Um, but like LA for me too, like, man, I'm always more and more business, more and more. But I'm like, hey, hey, like, when's it enough? Like, I got to enjoy this. And I love Scottsdale. I love it. I love <laughs> the energy of my house. And so, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm looking to try late roots here and enjoy it. And I bought a beautiful home that I still am like, Oh, thank you, my best friend, God Almighty in heaven. Like, how do I have this? And, but it's crazy. Those things, I look at this and I'm just, same thing. You're like, yeah, I'll probably lose this in five years or I'll probably lose this in two years. So I'm going to learn how to like, this is real. Like I earned, it's real. I got this because I earned it by work in the world.
0: Have you, you know? tried meditation? I'm sure you have. Yeah,
3: I do it every morning.
0: Okay. Has that yeah, helped?
3: Three, three songs. Yeah. Yeah. I do one song where I'll do things that I'm grateful for. Whether I want to do it or not. Do one song, things that I'm grateful for. One song, I'll do things that I'm proud of. And that's really hard. So I force myself to do it. And the last one is positive affirmations, things I'm going to do. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to help people do this. I'm going to do this. I'm I'm going to give myself a break between one and two today. I'm like, you know, it's... What's a song? No, just a song that I like. Like, I'll just listen to it.
0: Oh, and you just kind of sit with it?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'll just take a song that I happen to like. I'll, I'll play it So however long that song will go. Ah. The song. I'll, that that'll be that you know, meditation. Will be the you know what I'm proud of, or or what I'm grateful for. Okay. And it's like, like God. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for my dog. I'm for this. And it could be it could be a um, something that's um, it doesn't have to always be, be like a spiritual thing. It could be something that's shallow. Hey, I'm grateful for my car. I'm grateful for my whatever. Be, I'm grateful for the sky. I'm grateful for the Could be anything. I'm grateful for this person I met the other day. I, it just just gratitude. Start. It allows me to start the day with gratitude. Mm, I like that.
0: I put actually coincidentally posted how I start my day this morning on my Instagram. So it's yeah. it's kind of funny. You can. What, do was, what was it? Um, well, you know, people always say you have to have your morning ritual and then your evening ritual and all of that. And I was you know, a little bit of shame that I couldn't keep up with a morning ritual. Like it always changed. And I was like, Oh, I'm not doing it right or whatever. And then I realized I have a new ritual that I've been doing every day that I really love. And it sets me up for the day, but it's my kind of ritual. So when I wake up in the morning, I get ready, I get showered and ready. And then I return to the bed where my little miniature poodle is on the top of the bed. And my big 130 pound German shepherd is on the floor. And so I go over to her and she starts kind of like, you know, being funny and she'll start swatting me and then I'll pull her legs and pull her ears and I'll tell her, you know, how grateful are we for another day, Winnie? Let's let's ask God, you know, what amazing things are we going to get to do today and, and how can we be of service today? And then Max will jump in and then he'll start biting her and then she'll give him like the teeth back, <laughs> hissing at him. And then I'm like, guys, no fighting. We're grateful. God gave us love and we have each other and we're so lucky. Mm.
3: That's a cool thing you got right there,
0: right? It's the there best. It makes yes. me so happy every yes. morning. Um, so you can watch it on Instagram. It's hilarious. I love that. All right.
3: They're, yeah, and they're your team. So that's, that's a good way to start. And then I'll, I'll immediately after I'm done um, meditating, I'll work out like immediately. Mm-hmm. Like immediately, no matter what. Because when the when I get stuck in the gray, a lot of times, I'm too sluggish. And I won't or I won't want to, and I'll feel it. So I make myself right from meditation, right to work, right, right to work out.
0: A great strategy. jay no, 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 the book no, no, no. is incredible. It's called Unbreakable How I Turn My Depression and Anxiety into Motivation and How You Can Too. Um no. thank you so much. And uh this is a gift for everybody. So um so you continue to keep on giving.
3: Wait too getting unbreakable how I turn my depression anxiety into motivation and you can too and when I say you can to this is really my way of trying to become teammates with all of you out there like no matter what what level it is, I'm hoping there's something in this book that can help everybody out there. And we just came through the worst time, the hardest time coming through, coming through a pandemic. And we were isolated, right? Which is something we try and get you not to do. So we all got some sort of grace. So I think by buying this book, it's gonna help you or help you understand somebody else who's living through it. And I promise you, you will laugh your asses off along the way.
0: This is very, very true. I can second that. We'll put a link to the book in the summary. And also um, Jay's Instagram. And of course, we can watch you every Sunday. We got <laughs> one or two more. What do we get? Two more. We got one. We're, we're not
3: doing, we got Oh, Super you guys aren't doing Super Bowl. We're doing NFC Championship. This, okay. uh, this week.
0: All right. Well, good luck. Thank you Bye. so much. And we'll Thank see you so soon. Much,
3: I appreciate you.
0: Bye, Jay. All right, everybody. What are we thinking? So great. Is Kev still with us? Kev. Is Queen Kev still with He's us? He's in. He's
2: muted, but he's mm. here. I thought that was great, though, Maria. I'm like, I almost started crying over that. Well, I kind of was. The Logan, the little mm. boy. Oh, my God. And I loved the stories, too, about the um, the volunteering and the Santa and writing the letters and bringing them yeah. Oh, he's amazing. And I just, I think it's so important, um, especially now, to, to talk about stuff like this. And he, like, I know he talks about it in the book, but he's like, it's cool that now mental health is a topic topic of conversation, but we still don't talk, talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he really is. And I think that it's so amazing that he is.
0: Yeah. So. And there's so many things that can trigger these kinds of moments too, right? It could be a death oh, of a yeah. loved one. It could be a diagnosis of an illness. It can be so many different things that put you in these kind of places as I know. So, um, I think, uh, very, very helpful information. Yeah. Like I said, it's kind of twofold. It's, <clears throat> it's great to see, what it takes to make it. Yeah. But at the same time, the book is way more about how to, um, how to kind of, I think you're, you're, you're going to spot some things that you didn't maybe spot before hearing those stories about 76 year old people who are just yeah. understanding it. Right. Yeah. Um, is, is crazy. So, um. How
2: about him having panic attacks every single t- Every single time. Every game. Uh, uh, <laughs> Like, holy cow. But you know what I love is he still continues to do it. (coughs) He doesn't give up. Mm -hmm. He's not like, oh, that's going to, you know, it wins. Here I go. Every single game. I thought that was insane. I think that's
1: the best part of the book is is that hopefully it'll teach people how to play through. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people feel the same way, but then they don't have that resolve to keep going. And then they don't have the fulfillment yeah it's and like, Kevin that, used to
0: always say he's like, oh, I'm just if he'd go to bed sad and he'd go, oh, I'm just gonna wake up and kid myself again. <laughs>
1: yeah, <tomorrow. laughs> yeah, a whole new day to kid myself. but I think that um, you know he met it he meets a lot of it with 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 work, and like he said, he could he's the one that could um you know, run into a burning building with no problem, but then when he's calm, it all bubbles up. So I think that for a lot of people, we stay so busy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because of that. But I think the key is how do you figure out the comp, And he has some nice techniques to figure that out as well.
0: Yep. All right. Well, heel squad. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it was helpful. In the meantime, if you haven't hit subscribe here on YouTube, please do never miss a great episode Um, We're loving the reviews. Oh, my God. So many amazing reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. It's really helpful for people to see that this is a good show, but then also for our self-esteem and our self-worth every day. We really love reading them. So thank you. Queen, will you put a link to um, anyone who wants to add a review? Um, Sometimes I feel like everybody has a hard time finding where to do it.
2: It can be hard. But if you have a question or you're confused, you can also DM us on Better Together with Maria. We'll help you.
0: But we'll put a link to that as well as the book in um, in the summary. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present.